0: ONTO THE SCIENCE FICTION STORY NUMBER ONE THE GAMBIT WRITTEN BY SCANDALIA Admiral Gorius the Conqueror did not flinch at the deafening roar of his plasma lance as it fired the last round into the United Alliance battle station. He allowed a slight smirk as he watched the station fall into the atmosphere and streak across the sky of the planet below. Tactical advisor, Pallius, a tall blue, was the first to speak up. Your mightiness, the last space defenses have fallen. The planet is yours. Grunts of victory erupted from across the bridge, cursing the fallen UA forces, praising the wise choices of Admiral Gorius the Mighty, reclaimer of the former empire that dared to break away and join the UA. Gorius... Was silent, but stood proud, flanked with his advisers and crew It was customary amongst these people that their commander take the first captives of the successful campaign for himself To declare victory His moment of victory had finally arrived As he bellowed to the bridge Ready, my lander, I'll take my slaves now His personal guard captain, Karos, straightened Gorius' ceremonial armor as he walked into the marine bay there would be no need for battle armor to take slaves from these pitiful farmers. Gorius took note of the young noble sparus, trailing impotently behind him, licking his wounds. His family connections financing the fleet had put him next in line to take the fleet should Gorius fail. But today's victory secured Gorius' leadership. The Runt was here to placate his powerful tribe But now that he had nothing to do but trail behind Gorius and hope for scraps of glory to return to his clan This brought Gorius nearly as much joy as his victory As Gorius entered the landing ship, the largest of the cavernous hangars He barked at the pilot Take me to the countryside, I desire strong slaves that can work my land His ship leapt up quickly from the sky down to the planet Flanked by hundreds more ships pouring from the Armada above Dropping on every village and town Gorius swelled with a pride as he watched his swarm descend Every ship would wait on his word No one would leave the ships until he had taken his slaves He would take his time His bay door opened and Gorius led his army out Surrounded by two hundred soldiers of his personal guard Covered in heavy jet-black armor As Gorius's six eyes adjusted to the building light of the blue star above this world His breath caught in his throat Across the field he landed in was a village In the gate of the village stood a single, fight figure A single human Gorius froze The detachment of two hundred soldiers trading him froze as well Humans were a founding member of the UA, but why a member of such a prominent warrior race would be on a farm at the edge of their domain was beyond him. He retrieved his viewfinder and measured the human facing him down. There was only a small stick in one hand and a small wooden object in another. But the human's eyes burned with an unnerving fury. He had faced humans in battle before. He had defeated them before. But not always, not when they had that look in their eyes Sparius the noble nearly stepped beyond Gorius in his absence of mind Curious, chief of security, grabbed his shoulder Soliciting an angry growl from Sparius at the audacity of the adviser touching his shoulder But Sparius quieted when he finally noticed the full stop that Gorius had wordlessly put on the invasion Gorius ignored the conflict, eyes fixed on the human Gorius called his tactical advisor over his shoulder without turning away from the human. Palius, what did the scan show about his village? Could there be an ambush? Palius strode proudly but cautiously to where he was summoned beside his master, venturing to briefly look away from the human and analyze the tactical scans on his datapad. The village has a typical population, no signs of advanced weaponry. Karras ventured to cut in. ''Humans!'' ''He paused.'' ''Humans know our ways. They would be expecting your mightiness to land and take slaves. Perhaps they are planning an ambush with primitive weapons.'' Sparras let off a scoff. ''Perhaps too loudly, but Gorius was too preoccupied to give him honour of a rebuke.'' ''Perhaps, but how would they know I would come here?'' Battius, check with the other detachments. Are there humans in every single village?'' Valius began tapping on his datapad while keeping an eye on the figure in the gate beyond the field. The soldiers were beginning to step out of bruntmation. No formal stop order had been given, and they could not hold their advancing pose for long. Macorius could not spare a thought for the soldiers. His mind was consumed by the figure that dared interpose itself between him and his prize. He was growing angry, but most uncertain. You're right that they know our ways. Could the human mean to challenge me to honor combat for the village? At that suspicion, Koros stepped forward and peered through his own viewfinder. If so, I do not recognize the weapons the human means to offer. One may be a club, but it is oddly shaped. The other seems to be too thin to be a weapon. It may be a plasma blade, but that would not be permitted for honor combat." Sparus was growing increasingly impatient with the delay, shifting visibly and wearing an increasing scornful expression. Finally, he let off Scarforth, What? Doesn't matter! Let's kill this whelp and be done! The other advisor, Padius and Karras, both looked back at Sparius in dismay. Though Curius did not flinch, Sparus, spurred on by the silence and the presumed fear of his superior continued on. We have conquered their fleet and overwhelmed their defenses. Let us take our prizes. The weight of the moment of silence afterward was crushing to Kuros until he finally spoke up. Watch your tone, foolish boy. Your blood may be royal and your family rich, but you lack the scars to speak on the battlefield. What battle? Sporus? retorted. We have won the battle, and now we make my family's expenditures worthwhile. "'Gorius, your mightiness!' Sparus dared to let his snide voice mock the exaggerated bow. "'You lead the fleet because you are a mighty warrior. "'Do we have no courage outside of our family ships?' "'At that, Garius snapped, "'Silence!' "'And turned to smash the back of his fist into Sparris, "'sending him reeling back into the wall of the lander. "'His ceremonial armor cracked at the sudden movement, "'sending polished medals and bright tassels flying in every direction.' Sparrows raised himself slowly, but only to his knee. Gorius, satisfied, turned back to the human who stared back, unmoving, silent. Balius spoke up after another moment. All lander crews reporting back in. There are no other humans standing watch in any other town or village. Only this one. Gorius relaxed a little for the moment, then tensed again. So they knew we'd be coming here, to this place. Kuros shifted uncomfortably, at the suggestion. How would they know? You suggested a country a village only moments before we departed. Padius looked pained as he considered the possibilities. Your mightiness, you spoke of wanting to grow your farm in the mess hall yesterday. Perhaps it was overheard. Kuros retorted quickly. There are no spies in our ranks, Padius. He gestured to the soldiers surrounding them. How dare you accuse our men of such? Pallius took a step back, feeling the heat of Kuros' accusation and the loyal soldier's glares. His mightiness wanted to know how it could be possible, then human knew that we would challenge him. There is no other explanation. Pallius switched his transponder, which communicated to the fleet. Bridge, pull up all communication logs. Has anyone attempted to communicate with the UA from mighty Gorius' ship? Gorius only looked at the human as his advisors squabbled behind him. He had an armada that was meant to continue on to wipe the UA presence from this entire arm of the galaxy. Enough firepower was strained on the spillage to burn a hole straight through the core to the planet. He knew those things for facts, but the human knew something he didn't. He could see it in the eyes. Perhaps there were shield-piercing weapons strained on him from the housetops, hidden from scans. Expensive, harmless, but not beyond the UA's capacity. Perhaps the human was an assassin meant to slip a blade into his armor when his guard was down Perhaps they had infected the village with a virus that would spread through the armada Humans were capable of any trick that he could consider and uh, He was sure tactics that he could not consider He could not voice his fears in front of the men but he dared not proceed recklessly He could not stop wondering how did the human meet him here he decided the village of the woman, The pilot! He barked at Pallius and Curius stared down at each other. The pilot picked this village. Bring him out! Caros nodded at the soldier who disappeared into the ship and dragged out the pilot on his knees. Pallius stepped forward. Your mightiness! Surely it couldn't have been one of the feetmen, more likely a soldier. But curious growled back. "'Soldiers have stood in battles with the mightiness. "'They would never betray him. "'Do not be so quick to defend the precious fleetman.' "'Koros slapped the pilot hard and drew him up by his collar. "'Why did you pick this village? "'What did they offer you to betray the mighty Amada and the mighty Gorius? "'Did you think that you would succeed?' "'Gorius straightened what was left of his armor "'and continued locking eyes with the human "'at the interrogation played out behind him. "'Let him speak.' Pallius roared as he stepped forward menacingly ''Let him dismiss this nonsense.'' The young, quivering pilot steadied his voice ''I was only following your mightiness's orders. I found a large village in the country. The fields here were green and looked pleasant.'' Corius lifted him off the ground, and was that location where you were to betray us, the greenest fields? Are there explosives in the ground? Is there a cloud of poison in the air? Were you to escape with your life and reward or die your treacherous calls? Pallius stepped in and shoved Corus away from the pilot. Enough of this nonsense, the fleet reported no communication in or out from the fleet, Karos rose up and took hold of Pelleas by the armor straps. You dare call my interrogation nonsense, interrogation ordered by his mightiness. I heard no such word from the fleet. Perhaps it was the bridge that betrayed us. Perhaps he was acting on orders from a co-conspirator, perhaps from his leader." Pallius slapped Corus's hand away. How dare you accuse me of betrayal? My command of the fleet above won us, the skies. We are on your domain now, and your soldiers are the ones who have yet to conquer the planet. Corius raised his hand and those words, and the soldiers around them raised their weapons at Pallius. In response, Pallius spoke into his communicator. Fleet, target orbital weapon on potential traitors, Corius. In the chaos around them, Sparus, the noble, had stood to his feet. He began carefully approaching Gorius from behind. Withdrawing his blade from its sheath, the Emperor made the wrong choice. He reasoned as he skulked closer to his quarry. My family built this fleet. I should lead it. I shall prove my courage. He muttered to himself as he aligned the blade to crack the back armor near Gorius' heart. But he muttered too loud. Gorius turned with a fluid, well-practiced motion snapping Spurius' neck. The soldiers loyal to Sparius's clan trained their weapons on Gorius suddenly, but they were a minority, and soon Gorius's loyal soldiers trained their weapons on the traitors. As he turned to survey the standoff, Gorius finally barked, "'We leave! We shall glass the planet from orbit!' Corius turned to Palamus in shock, "'My lord, not so! Trust your men! We shall take this village and take your slaves! We mustn't retreat!' Gorius paused, unaccustomed to desertion from the most loyal adviser. In the gap, Padius spoke, "'No, you are correct, your mightiness. They cannot be trusted. We must leave this place and return to the fleet. The loyalty of the fleet is proven.' Gorius did not speak again. He only stood measuring his advisers with uncertainty and mistrust. The other landers were already lifting off from all over the planet in response to his earlier command." The pilot of Gorius' ship hurried in from his knees to prep the lander for take-off as well. But no one else moved from the beat. Corius looked on, defeated. In a last-ditch effort, he turned to the village and began to charge, beckoning his men along. Those loyal to the mighty Gorius, join me and take his slaves. Some of the loyalists began to follow. Others kept their weapons strained on the treacherous various loyalists. Padius spoke coldly into the communicator. Correus has moved beyond our leader, betraying us. Take the shot. With a mighty thump, a plasma bolt surgically eliminated Corros from all the men following him. They instantly became ash along with the grass that were below their feet. Gorius and the rest of the soldiers hurried onto the shuttle behind Panius, who was busily giving orders to his fleet above. The soldiers cannot be trusted. Shoot down all landers as they return to the armada. By the time Padias gave the order, many of the landers had already returned safely to the Armada, and those soldiers splintered into factions. Loyalists to fought and contained the clans of Sporus, fleet personnel fired on soldiers, soldiers fired on fleetmen as retribution for shooting down landers. In the chaos above, Ships began leaping away, some back to friendly territory for support, others dove into the atmosphere, their crews choosing to burn up rather than surrender to the rebellious soldiers. Gorius watched his lander window as his feet burned before he could return to it. It was you, all along. You did this. How dare you do you think that you could betray the mighty Gorius? Pallius gripped his communicator tightly and fought for breath, knowing his fate was sealed. He managed to squeak out, "Gorius, is dead, traitor is here, as a final bolt of plasma from his feet obliterated the lander. As the bright blue flame from the lander streaked across the sky, along with hundreds of ships burning against the setting sun, the human watched from the gate of the village. One by one, the neighbors came out from where they were huddled, wanting to watch the ships pop into showers of flames. One neighbor ventured near the human. How did you know that would work? Sarah turned to her friend as she lifted a violin to her shoulder, eyes still blazing with fury. If there was one thing I learned in a decade of slavery to the Empire, it's that they are some paranoid bastards. Michael poked his head from the nearby door. Did they start, Mom? She finally let the fury fade from her eyes as her tears began. She turned to her son, as she lifted the bow and began Beethoven's fifth. Yes, sweetheart, I told you there would be more fireworks tonight. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below.